0: Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Florence Fleming Noyes was a feminist and a dance pioneer. In 1914, she choreographed and performed Dance of Freedom, an expression of women's desire for equal rights, including the right to vote. Meg Brooker, MTSU's director of dance, and 11 of her students reconstructed Dance of Freedom with some contemporary twists, at the university's virtual fall dance concert, November 21st. In this centennial celebration of the 19th Amendment, we take to the stage with Meg Brooker after this.
1: Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU honored almost 270 faculty and staff members campus-wide for their years of service working with and for students at the annual Employee Service Awards held December 3rd and for the first time as a virtual event. Every year the university recognizes employees with a decade or more of service at a special lunch and ceremony where they receive pins and or plaques saluting their work with MTSU in the state of Tennessee. However, the pandemic forced the in-person events cancellation for this year's honorees. The university held two of its three Class of 2020 commencements virtually before conducting its fall graduation ceremonies outdoors, masked and socially distanced last month. And even as the pandemic has limited social interactions for months on end, MTSU employees strengthened connections with the wider community by again pledging a record amount of donations during this year's Employee Charitable Giving Campaign. The pledge total, just over $136,500, represented 101% of the $135,000 goal. 843 participants took part in the annual tradition of supporting a host of area nonprofit organizations. MTSU's annual charitable giving campaign is a month-long effort by faculty and staff to support worthy causes, primarily through monthly payroll deductions over the next year, but it also allows one-time lump sum gifts at the donor's discretion. During the campaign, participants designate gifts to organizations from a list of 10 independent charities and three federated groups of charities, including Community Health Charities, Community Shares, and local United Way organizations. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com.
0: Meg, welcome. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Who was Florence Fleming Noise, and what is her importance to the art of the dance? That's such a great question. Uh, Florence Fleming-Noise
2: was an early modern dancer. She was a contemporary of Isadora Duncan's, but she created her own technique and her own method of teaching dance. She founded a school initially at Carnegie Hall in New York City in 1912, and her school grew to be a very large institution. She had branch studios in major US cities across the country. And then in 1919, she purchased 100 acres of farmland in Connecticut and established a summer program. And that summer program celebrated its centennial anniversary a year ago. So that work has been preserved and passed on by a very dedicated group of dancers. And in many respects, uh, we're looking at uh, Florence Noyes' work as a somatic dance practice. It teaches alignment. Her work also has a close relationship with nature.
0: And what is unique about the Noise method? Insofar as a person teaching it and choreographing it is concerned. Uh,
2: Florence Fleming Noise wanted people to be unself-conscious. So her work is taught in an open-air outdoor studio with no mirrors, and people are really encouraged to find the internal connection to movement. So the pedagogy of the work is largely through imagery. The teachers use images, and many of the images come from nature. So many of the technique movements follow developmental movement patterns because they're mirroring growth in nature. And the movement is also uh, closely related to music. So the work that happens in the summertime, which was unfortunately canceled in 2020 uh, because of the pandemic, is usually all taught with live music.
0: What is it about Dance of Freedom in particular and the way it is performed that embodies women's desire to be free, to be heard, to be respected.
2: I have been researching this particular dance for several years. And the first um, artifact that I found for this dance was actually a newspaper article that had very detailed description of the movement. And it talked about how she starts wrapped up in 10 yards of chiffon and she's struggling to break free and that she finally frees one body part and then another body part and that freedom is only one in stages. And the article describes this beautiful moment in the piece when she's freed both of her arms and her head and she's celebrating her freedom. And then she looks down and realizes that her lower body is still bound. And there's a moment of realization there that freedom is not one when only one part is free, but the whole has to be free for freedom to be realized. And so that idea in the dance was really something that I was interested in exploring with the students. We did some exercises where we took that metaphor of being bound and struggling against some obstacle in order to create new movement vocabulary that also became part of their dance.
0: I have seen the small film snippet, rare film snippet that you have seen of Florence Fleming noise in performance. And she is struggling to break free from layer upon layer upon layer of clothing, not to the point of nudity, but just to the point of being able to be totally ambulatory and totally in the moment. And it strikes me that that was analogous to what women were going through in the 19 teens, not only with the struggle for the right to vote, but women of that era were clothed from head to toe, high button shoes, bound with girdles or corsets. I, I mean, they, the, the clothing that they had to wear to be socially acceptable was in and of itself limiting. And it just reminded me of that.
2: Well, all of that history is, um, is very much uh, part of what Florence Noyes was involved with. So many of these dancers, early modern dancers, Isadora Duncan included, decided to adopt a kind of Greek-inspired tunic, a silk tunic, as their costume, as their um, attire for dancing. And the tunic was supposed to represent freedom of the body. They took off their corsets. Uh, They began to breathe freely, and that in and of itself was pretty radical. And so the movement technique that Florence Noyes developed, similar to Isadora Duncan's technique, uh, really focuses on the top of the diaphragm as an initiatory center for movement because breath and being able to breathe freely and fully and to have that sense of expansion of the torso was so important, and women's bodies in all of that restrictive clothing, had not been able to experience that freedom.
0: We'll take a break right here. We'll return with more in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record.
2: Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields, and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science, I'm Dr. Judith Eriarte-Gross, wise advisor.
1: For all the latest MTSU information, go to MTSUnews.com.
3: The Army ROTC college program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets
2: are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU.
3: Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants, either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: Meg Brooker is our guest. She's MTSU's Director of Dance, and we're talking about Dance of Freedom by the choreographer Florence Fleming-Noise, which Meg taught to her students and reconstructed at the Fall Dance Concert. Tell us what it has been like working with your students on this piece. What feedback have you received from them? Oh,
2: the students have been amazing. They're such a joy to work with. They're so deeply engaged. And they're also so excited to actually be working together in the studio given everything that's going on in the world. So we've been able to be on campus with masks and social distancing, and we've actually gotten to dance. And so I shared the film footage with them at the very beginning of the process. And I think they were intrigued by it, but I think that there was also a little bit of a question of like, okay, So what are we going to do with this? And but we used it as a jumping off point to, uh, to to talk about the women's suffrage movement, and and then also when we began to explore the movement vocabulary, that's when they thought, oh, uh, I think one of the students actually said, now I know why you're working on this with us because Florence Noyes trained a lot in the work of um, a mid uh, 1800s French a performer named Francois Delsart. So she was very highly skilled and highly trained in a method of how gesture and body shaping is expressive. And and this was kind of a a means of uh, trying to look at how the human body non-verbally communicates. And so when we um, started getting into the level of specificity, of the coordination of the movement, and quite honestly, the amount of core strength (laughs) that it takes they realized um, that there was that there was actually something really to be gained by uh, by spending some time in that movement. And we we did a lot of warming up to open up the flexibility of the back of the body because a lot of the expression of freedom has to do with an open arm gesture that ends in, in a back bend. So that was pretty exciting for the students. And I think they were also intrigued by the story of how we acquired the film footage. And that, that film was discovered in Canada, and we're using it courtesy of the um, Library and Archives uh, Canada. It was discovered in a vault of forgotten newsreel that was unearthed during a construction project there's some serendipitous aspects to how this work has come together.
0: Did the uh, COVID-19 protocols, the necessity for masks or social distancing, did they do anything to impede or hamper the artistry of what you were trying to express, or was it pretty much ineffectual, having to stay six feet apart and all that?
2: Well, her, her piece was originally a solo, yeah. so all of the dancers learned the original solo as part of our rehearsal process, and then all All of the dancers also created their own solo phrase work as part of the rehearsal process. And we went into the semester knowing what the parameters were that that we needed to work within to create work. So, for instance, we didn't do any partnering, any any dancing where the students were in physical contact or lifting one another. We also uh, tried to minimize the amount of locomotion through space that we did. And most of the dances uh, didn't travel quite as much as as they often do. And they were definitely parameters that we went into the beginning of the process knowing that we needed to
0: work within. What did the students bring to the dance with their own phrases? They brought
2: some beautiful movement. One of our students created a movement phrase that involved uh, sitting down on the floor with her arms over her head and rocking back into kind of a back shape and then forward over her legs and that movement became motif that was repeated a few times during the course of the dance. Um, There was another movement that was really striking that we incorporated and then because of some costuming in one section it it didn't end up being quite as featured that involved folding forward and crossing your arms and holding on to opposite ankles and walking backwards. So we found some really evocative movement vocabulary that was very expressive
0: as part of the final piece. As a professor, how do you grade something that is so subjective and artistic and in the eye of the beholder? Because at the end of the semester, you must attach a letter grade to all of this, whether you want to or
2: not. Oh, that's such a good question. You know, we have, for most of our courses, we have pretty well-established rubrics that give us framework for looking at um, uh, how the students are growing within the discipline and the art form. For the MTSU Dance Theater, uh, this is considered um, a co-curricular activity. So it is curricular, but students uh, take a one-hour course credit to participate in MTSU Dance Theater. And in addition to the performance work that they do, uh, they're also required to attend a weekly company class. And um, and so, so their level of engagement and participation for this particular credit is, is a part of what uh, any assessment
0: is based on. How did the fall dance concert come off? Tell us about it for those of us who weren't there. Oh,
2: We are so thrilled. Um, At the beginning of the uh, fall semester, uh, we decided in conversation with, um, with our department chair that rather than presenting a live dance concert, we would focus on making screen dances. And uh, our final concert had, there were six pieces in the concert, four faculty works. And our faculty choreographers collaborated with Robert Gordon's uh, multi-cam class to uh, help film the choreographer's pieces uh, for that portion of the concert. And then we had two other pieces, one student work that was a dance film made during the Choreography 2 class last spring after we went remote. So that student choreographer, his name is Josh Daly, he just graduated, we're very proud of him, and uh, our Choreography 2 class was supposed to make group pieces and uh, clearly we couldn't make group dances when we went remote in March during the pandemic. So those students, uh, the assignment shifted and they were asked to create uh, dance films and to use three different sites or locations. So they were still working with the concept of three. And Josh's film was very strong. And so um, we invited him to have that film screened as part of our fall dance concert. We're really trying to promote our student choreographers work during our uh, MTSU dance theater. And then we also had a collaboration with Borderless Arts Tennessee which uh, is uh, Lori Kissinger reached out to us, and she is also MTSU faculty. And she uh, worked over the summer. She she had applied for a grant uh, from the Tennessee Arts Commission to bring a mixed abilities dance facilitator to our campus to do a collaborative project with Borderless Arts and MTSU Dance. And one of our current, uh, one of our, another one of our dancers who also just graduated this semester, we're so proud of this work everyone is doing, uh, Jennifer James, she was an intern for Borderless Arts, and she's now stepping into the dance director role for that organization. And so we had a three week residency uh, with our guest artist all over Zoom, And we created uh, dance works with MTSU dancers and with borderless arts participants. And uh, the Zoom footage of those dances was edited into another piece that premiered as part of the fall concert. And we're incredibly proud of all of the work that those students did in that piece as well.
0: Did they miss the applause? You know, nobody has said anything about
2: that. I will have to ask them. I think they got applause, honestly, because we screened the whole concert uh, on our Facebook page, and everyone watched at the same time. And so I think all of the likes and the comments and the compliments that go into the go into the comments uh, when uh, work is playing on Facebook like that. I. I I think they couldn't hear the applause, but I think they got a lot of
0: applause. (laughs) Time for another break. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the Record.
3: Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic
1: Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com.
3: The Middle East-centered MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer an interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director.
1: For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: We're talking with Meg Brooker, Director of Dance at MTSU, about the Dance of Freedom, uh, choreographed and performed originally by Florence Fleming Noyes, and the university's virtual fall dance concert, which took place on November 21st. You conducted a workshop on the Dance of Freedom, uh, Florence Fleming Noises Dance Legacy, at uh, the National Dance Education Organization virtual conference uh, on October the 25th. What sort of feedback did you get from that experience?
2: Oh, I got fantastic feedback. And one of the exciting things about all of those conferences being virtual is that so many more people get to participate. So I think I had about 45. Uh, people in the workshop and uh, Dance educators were very excited to see this archival resource and I presented the archival film and my reconstruction as um, as a lesson plan for dance educators and through 12 settings and other dance educators So uh, the National Dance Education Conference uh, presentation was fantastic one of the exciting things about presenting in that format is that many people can come to the session. So I think I had about 45 people attend and I presented the work, uh, the both the uh, archival footage and my reconstruction work as a lesson plan that dance educators in a K-12 setting could take away from the conference.
0: And so this can actually uh, on a, a level that youngsters can understand, bring them closer not only to dance, but to an important part of American history at the same time.
2: Absolutely. And I created a website resource uh, for dance educators uh, to access to use with their classes.
0: With your college students, how did you combine the dance instruction with a sort of history lesson about racism and sexism? Because this was an opportunity for a lot of uh, cross-pollination there between the disciplines.
2: So uh, we spent time in our rehearsals talking and um, kind of creating um, an open space for conversation was something uh, that I thought was very important. And um, one of the aspects of the history of the women's suffrage movement is that um, white women did not stand up for women of color. And in presenting this archival film, um, to my dance students of a white woman in this protest, I felt like it was incredibly important to acknowledge the limit of what she was doing historically in that time period and also the repercussions of that because these are, are uh social um uh, real um social uh Aspects of our current culture that we're dealing with today. We're still trying to figure out how to address racism and And so I just felt like this was a really important opportunity to open up that conversation um, And both to uh, show this work in its historical context, but also to create Contemporary movement that we could juxtapose against that historical context so that we can um, kind of look at this distance, this hundred year gap of, you know, where were we a hundred years ago and what kinds of choices were people making and where are we a hundred years later and what have we learned and what have we not learned and what is the work that we need to do next. And so there is one moment um, in the dance when the dancers um, are dancing in front of the large projection of the society. and they turn and they face the projection and then they just stand and look. So we have this sort of metaphor of looking back at history. Um, I also uh, shared some resources with my students and these are resources that I included in the uh, website for dance educators that um, are, you know, links to articles and podcasts talking about um, the history of the women's suffrage movement and um, and so there's there's a a humanities uh, historical component to that as well.
0: We want to thank you, Meg, for taking time to talk with us about this uh, very important and a very lovely expression of the need to be free. Meg Brooker, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. The Middle Tennessee
2: Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers' camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: The Middle Tennessee State University Women's Studies Research Series features compelling monthly talks on gender-related topics by faculty and graduate students. The series offers a chance to learn about research and progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus.
1: For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: Gina Fan has the middle moment.
3: Masks may have muffled their collective sighs of relief on that sunny late November Saturday in Floyd Stadium, but the nearly 2,100 members of the Class of 2020 at MTSU's fall commencement ceremonies still had to shout in celebration that this much of 2020, at least, was finally complete. University President Sidney McPhee praised the merry masked graduates for their perseverance through the unknown. No one could have predicted this enormous impact a previously unknown virus would have on the global community. And I know that many of you would not have chosen to continue through an academic year with so many unknowns, so many changes to your routine, and yes, so much technology. Whether you struggled, discovered a new appreciation for the possibilities of online learning, or surprised yourself by thriving, I know none of it was easy. And that is why I am grateful that you accepted the challenge with the determination of our students that we are known for at MTSU. It is important that we recognize the achievements of our graduates and not allow the pandemic to stop us from showing our tremendous support and admiration for each of you as you move toward the next phase of your life.
0: That's MTSU On The Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for
3: listening. MTSU On The Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.